You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, White Sox fans, guess what? Soxivist season continues. We are officially in our second week of celebration, uh, officially uh, or, you know, unofficially, maybe maybe third week because we did have a, a sort of a pre-Soxivist manager chat. And guess what? In the second half of this podcast, we'll be talking managers again. It's going to somehow taken an uglier turn, but yeah, go figure. We're White Sox fans and things take an uglier turn. I'm Brett Ballantini. It's podcast 127. Uh, Soxivus, uh, fest. I think we're dubbing this because last year, uh, our feats of strength, uh, involved, uh, picking a manager who could, uh, defeat, kill gladiator style. I don't, I don't recall. I'm, you know, I'm just fuzzy on the whole concept. That's why Father Soxivus is here. Uh, feats of strength was basically, um, uh, overthrowing Tony Russo's manager. Uh, well, Tony's and here we are. <laughs> Full circle a year later. This is a groundhog day that will never go away. Uh, but this year we decided at, again, Father Soxivus' behest, uh, you know, we knew we were going to do feats of strength anyway. Uh, his specific, um, channeling of feats of strength this time around is going to be programming, um, Soxfest because guess what? Soxfest isn't here for now a third straight year, even though the Cubs crossed down a week, uh, later, earlier, a week earlier. Oh, they're going ahead with theirs. Yeah, they're so they're so fan friendly. Great ownership there. Uh, they're going ahead. White Sox aren't. Um, so Soxivus Fest is on, and we will talk about that uh, right after uh, top of all of this. We're going to have a little bit of Sox Fest reaction in general. Um, obviously, the White Sox did cancel uh, Sox Fest, citing uh, as as Joe Reese's uh, mocked 
uh, last week, um, you know, several reasons, um, I think all of which can be connected to Rick Hahn, um, just simply being a feared. Oh, God bless you, Rick Hahn. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not happening. Uh, okay. We are going to get to what we are programming and it's not all tongue in cheek. Well, there's some tongue in cheek, but, um, the, uh, the Saxivus Fest crew now here officially will be, uh, Allie Wessel, uh, AK, no longer green, but still, just a little bit, uh, a little bit witchy. Uh, Melissa Sage Bowenbach uh, in uh, Jerry Manuel's clothing. Uh, Jordan Haas um, opting out of costuming, which is uh, certainly well within anyone's I just rights. Forgot. Because oh, and and let's face it, this is a nightmare enough. Being on this podcast, topic wise and engaging with the host wise, uh, Super Joseph Rhesus, uh representing Indianapolis. Um, which he will claim is not its own horror show. And I believe him. Yeah, but it's a nice place. Almost moved there once. Joe, we've talked about that. Tommy Barbie, Father Socks says, Oh, good Lord. He's back with us again. He's never going away. He thinks he's going to like be able to just sort of fade out, you know, like long credits roll. And then he's gone. Like once we go back to normal programming. Oh no, he's going to be harassed. Father Socks you keep just programming this thing. Uh, thanks for being here. And, um, Absolutely. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, Malachi Hayes who is joining us as well. Uh, I believe still from far, far away, uh, which again is, you know, uh, uh, much appreciated and uh, thoughts on Saxivus Fest from him uh, will be welcomed as well. But first of all, let's talk about Sox Fest itself. Uh, gone. We touched on it just very little. We sort of buried it to the bottom uh, at the end of a very long podcast because we had a lot of other things to talk about. Uh, but uh, let's let's air out a little bit of what this really means to fandom because White Sox continue to basically tell fans we don't care. <laughs> We don't really much like you stand in line, get 20 minutes, 20 minutes late in for every event. Uh, as Adrian Serrano has pointed out in the, again, socks of his fest article is running right along with his podcast. Uh, that's one of his, uh, one of his festivities for socks of his fest. Um, they just continue to find ways to show that they don't really much care about White Sox fans and why we should be offended now. I'm not sure, but it just actually seems to be getting worse. So I guess that's a reason to be offended. Thoughts on socks of us canceled yet again in perpetuity. I'm a thousand miles away, so it doesn't really matter to me, <laughs> but I mean, it sucks sometimes. I mean, it seems like from what I've seen in past years, it seems like a fun event and it seems like they're kind of cowards for not hosting it unless there's some like really, unless they had some really good reason for, for not hosting it. Like the last two years where it's like, oh yeah, it's still COVID time, but like now it's like, okay, whatever. You're 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 hiding from us now, Rickon, and whoever and whoever actually sets up all the Sox Fest stuff. I think. I, we, oh, sorry, Melissa, go ahead. No, that's okay. It's just as a parent who has a, a teenage boy who is finally starting to get uh, really interested in the game, um, and the game starting to do some things to kind of shorten the time span for people to watch games to kind of get this newer generation to, to buy in. It, it just seems to me like makes no sense at all because that kind of atmosphere of family and fun activities and things is perfect to get a younger generation involved. And so it's like the Sox are just trying to do anything that they purposely can to kill all avenues to get more, 
you know, more people engaged. And so that's the part I feel frustrating as yeah. a parent. Yeah, it was a hamster grievance in, in just last week's piece. And that is, you know, let's not overlook. It's easy for us from our fan perspective, our intelligent adult fan perspective to say, oh, it's Rick Khan. It's that they don't want to face the music. It's they want to go through. Uh, Steve Stone doesn't want to face anybody, whatever. This event is about kids, young fans. And it's also about adult fans who don't think like we do. And there are a lot of them who just love the team. We can make fun of them. They're meatballs. But they also just love the team. And despite the fact that maybe they're upset at an 81, 81 season, you know, they still they love the team. They're going to be there. They want, you know, merchandise. They want autographs. And okay, that's that's a, a weird denominator to be going after. But it really isn't. This is what this is all about. So it's a great point, Melissa, that, you know, as much as we can say, oh, well, you know, Rick Hahn is scared it's sort of really not about that seminar where he's going to get a couple tough questions that he can ignore anyway. He ignores them from the, from the beat writers and the media. I'm pretty sure he can ignore it from fans. Uh, Alia hopped in on you there. So uh, uh, please take it away. Your thoughts. Yeah. I think it just loops back to a common theme that we have been coming back to a lot on this podcast is just the front office is choosing not to take accountability for their actions. And I think ignoring fans is one of the ways that they're just choosing not to do that. And by doing so is just, disrespectful to the fans because to me it it tells me that you don't hold fans and our opinions in high regard and I'm not saying that our our all of our opinions are always right but I do think fans and fan experience and our opinions on the team are important things to take into account when you are a front office and you are creating a baseball team and a fan experience at a ballpark for 100 for 81 home games And also, I mean, I even remember when SoxFest, like, they wouldn't have, like, the star players there. Like, it was a big deal if Frank Thomas went to SoxFest. So it used to just be, here are all the guys that, like, are barely on the roster, your AAA guys. So even if they wanted to do that, like, they have other ways of doing it besides it being the full show. So, I mean, just to cancel it all together... Is, is such a cop out to me. Like I, whatever the reasons are, like none of it makes sense. It goes for the media access too. First person I ever talked to at Saxfest was Darren Erstad. Remember, he played for the White Sox. A second person was Jorge Orta. I mean, you know, it, it isn't that. And yet, that's sort of a cool aspect of it. Of course, everybody wants a Frank Thomas autograph, but at this point, probably everyone has a Frank Thomas autograph. It's sort of cool to see. Uh, okay, let's see which let's let's do the division really quickly. Uh, you know, wh- what which anniversary of the 2005 team is? Okay, there's gonna be a couple guys from there. Sometimes they do a whole theme of it, but uh, you know, good good point, Tommy. I mean, this is, it isn't about Rick Hahn. It isn't about Tony Ruiz. It's not necessarily about Luis uh, Robert. It's it's you know, it is a lot wider than that. We've made it very wide, so you know, stay tuned, keep listening. But uh, yeah, it's just how about maybe maybe uh, any further discussion? You know, um, points. Beyond just the easy, you know, Rick Hahn thing, is is there any, what's behind this? I mean, you know, I have threw it out and, and Ali sort of backed it about, you know, front office not, not being accountable, but there's no practical concern. Um, they didn't just get caught with their pants down like they didn't reserve the venue. So, you know... You know, what's it about? What, you know, it, it can't, can it really be? I'm, I'm smiling when I say it. Can it really be? They just really don't give a shit. They just don't care about fans at all. It cannot be that straight in line. Can it? Yeah, I think that's what's offensive about the whole thing is that there really wasn't an explanation given is if they were to just <laughs> say, we don't feel that there's 
sufficient interest or, you know, it's not a profitable venture or, you know, we're still concerned about COVID or, hey, you know what, we're terrible with logistics and we did, you know, forget to book the Palmer House this year or something (laughs) like that. Then, you know, it would have been bullshit, maybe, but at least it would be a reason. It would have been a reason. I think that's what feels so kind of disrespectful about it, because you're completely right. It's not about us. I mean, I think of Soxfest was, you know, back in some of those late when I was, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, getting to meet. I remember being thrilled at meeting backup catcher Ben Davis in, you know, 2004 or whenever it was. And I was nine or 10 years old. And, you know, meeting my introduction to uh, the White Sox in the 80s was running into Roland Emond in the in the lobby of the Palmer House. And my dad saying, hey, it's Roland Emond, you know. So um, the fact that for whatever the reason is, the fact that that is getting taken away for seemingly no, there might be a good reason, there might not be. But the fact that they don't even seem to consider it worthwhile or, you know, feel like they have any obligation to tell us why they've decided that this really long running kind of important cornerstone event for what is a small but generally pretty dedicated fandom is yeah pretty pretty insulting you know well, hockey um, and I, whatever the reason might be i just want to know what the logic is you yeah know? well hockey and i've determined that i think we were, were at, a, at least one socks fest together he being a very young man me i'll be just a slightly uh older man but uh um yeah i mean that, that's fun you know we probably shook hands or high-fived or something uh, uh super joe um you you were really bugged by the uh, I don't know what was it various factors or whatever uh, have, in, in in all of your journalism work have you uh, been able to dig and, and find out what any of those uh, various reasons are yet? Um, not yet. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Uh, yeah, um, I, that would be hilarious if it was uh, something having to do with like they forgot to book the <laughs> book the space um, <laughs> at the McCormick Place or wherever they were planning on ha- maybe having it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just low on their priority lists. Um, I don't, I'm really not sure, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I absolutely <laughs> echoed that point about, you know, just something would have been nice to hear instead of just the overly vague statement that they gave. Um, yeah, I don't, um, yeah. Not a ton more to add beyond that. Um, yeah, like not thrilled. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's likely a trip. You know, I would have been happy to make that trip personally, maybe, you know, have a beer or two. I probably would have needed a couple to make it through that, to be honest, anyway. So, I mean, you know, the White Sox would have gotten a little bit of my money, but, you know, now they are unable to have it. So, like, in addition to making the fans upset, they also lose out on some some you know, kind of easy income. But, you know, whatever, That's that's neither here nor there. Listen to Super Joe being humble. Like the White Sox wouldn't have flown him in to headline the Sox math championship phase five or whatever. All right. Okay. Just false modesty, but that's all right. Come on, Joe. But that sucks too. Listen, man, you cannot defend your crown. What in the world's going on here? White Sox don't care. They used to have fan caravans where they used to like going like 20. I mean, I know that's silly and I'm never going to do that again. Uh, but boy, they used to really make outreach to make sure like tickets were sold. And, and now we got to the point where they're like, Hey, they're pointing fingers at each other. Like, wait, you didn't call a Palmer House? No, you didn't call McCormick McCorm- Place. Uh, let's just call it off for various reasons. Um, uh, uh, okay, I think it's um, it is apt to mention that we are being denied uh, the uh, sexy costume of a year ago from Mr. Hayes. Uh, Brian Scalabrini is nowhere to be found. Uh, listen, the fans are a bit disappointed, uh, Maliki, but, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, there's next year. A penguin head, 
he ain't here. I, Tommy's like, you're lucky I showed up, Brad. I can put a costume on, whatever. Yes, this is traditionally close to Halloween, right? You know, hello, hey, happy Halloween. This is published on Halloween. Uh, and we have Allie the Witch. And that's that's a costume, okay? That's a costume. Let's be very clear. Allie the Witch. Um, Jerry Manuel. Jerry Manuel. Okay, we'll, we'll go with that. Um, I really was looking for my uh, Anaheim Angels Lucha Libre mask. I could not find it. It was going to be a masked podcast for me. That's an hour of masked podcast with or without glasses. I would have worn them. Oh, well. Next year. Uh, okay, let's shift to Saxivus Fest. Uh, all but, I believe, one so far, at least. Uh, one, of course, including me. All but two of us have actually already contributed to the story. I've gone through the story just to pick out some of my favorite events, but feel free to jump in and throw out your favorites or just come up with spontaneous new ones because we came, we have programmed a Sox Fest for you, White Sox fans. It's just a tease because all you can do is read about it and listen to it now. Sorry. We didn't, we didn't reserve the Palmer House either or McCormick Place. Uh, but I'm going to just, I'm going to go and order the story here. And uh, several people came up with the Herb or advanced the Herb Lawrence idea of some sort of sprinting contest. Uh, run Sox Run from Melissa. Uh, explain to us a little bit of how this will work out. And then also, please, Melissa, admit whether or not you would beat Yasmani Grandal in that sprint off. Um, yeah, I, uh... I, I would not be able to beat anybody in a sprint off. I will admit that straight out. But um, yeah, I just thought it'd be like watched Herbs and it was hilarious and watching him wipe out. And so I was like, that would be really funny if we could take some of the slowest White Sox players <laughs> and the, the fans could challenge them. And so I picked out <laughs> Andrew Vaughn. Um, Sevi Savala and Eloy because Eloy's not like really one of the slowest, but because he can't run like at 50% capacity this year, he was one of the slowest. And so not only did I think it'd be fun for them to challenge, but then I also put a prize that you could win if you, if you beat them. And so my prize for um, beating Andrew Vaughn was that he would dye his eyebrows. So he was finally (laughs) like all like, he won't look like so shocked every time you see him. I just thought that would be fun. Um, and then uh, that he will never play outfield again. Ooh. So like some big stakes there, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and for um, Eloy, I thought that the person who beat him could get their own custom Hi Mom video. I mean, that would be pretty exciting. No need to pay, you know, for that app that whatever that app is that does the famous people videos. Eloy would just do it for free. Um, and then Sebi, if you beat him, he would disappear and we'd get Wilson Contreras instead. So. <laughs> oh man, Sebi. Don't listen. I'm going to edit that out for the set for, for uh, Sevy's copy. Okay. Um, show of hands. I'll, I'll go raise my right now. It's brassy. It's very Herb Lawrence, but I think I can beat Yasmani Grandal in this sprint off. Anyone else think they can beat Yasmani Grandal? Oh, okay. I like this. I think All if right. I stretched, I could. Okay. This is good enough. Uh, okay. So let's say safe to say one of us on this podcast at the very least. And then, you know, not to, um, you know, no, not to bogart your idea and, and several others here idea of the sprint off, but you could even have for, for the older fans or the fans who just admit, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to fall down like Herb. Um, old timers category. Oh, goodness gracious. Paul Canerco. <clears throat> he's ready to be named manager. You know, that's one where I think a lot of us could win. Adam Dunn. Uh, <laughs> Adam Dunn. <laughs> Jim me. They're going to play the old commercials of Paul Canerco in the background during the competition. The ones where they were like, 
I don't run. I walk the bases. <laughs> That's right. Well, I guess yeah, you can get away with that. Uh, okay. I'm uh, moving down the line. I think um, is the, <laughs> no, I guess he's not here. I think this was Adrian's. <laughs> I'll mention it. The Ken Williams meet and greet. <laughs> he just, he saw, what was it? He signs. I should look this up. I'll come back to it. It's pretty good. I'm laughing. So it must be really funny, right? Cause I'm hard to amuse. Uh, Joe Reese's the put away pitches. Please explain this. Cause I like this a lot. All right. I'm glad you like it. Um, so obviously the White Sox have had some issues, um, finishing off batters when they were ahead in the count, specifically at, one, two counts this past year. Um, and so, um, anyone who wants to participate can, you know, step up to the mound and try to throw the best pitch they can with the counts automatically placed at one and two. And so, I mean, the bar is kind of low for this one. Most people are, uh, will end up being a winner. I mean, pretty much as long as you <laughs> don't intentionally walk the batter, you pretty much win the game. So. Yeah, I mean, I think this will be a popular one. It's, it'll be like a participation trophy. <laughs> I let you get like a t-shirt for having one. Yeah, that's nice. I like it. Um, yes. Okay. So uh, hold on. Let me grab it here. Yes. From Adrian, it is the Kim, Kenny, uh, Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams uh, meet and greet. Where you could do get to meet the architect of the World Series champions uh, in the flesh. Small fee. Small fee. Let's face it. What's the White Sox? What can they charge you? Oh, I guess they can charge you a lot. Prices keep going up. Product keeps going down. Uh, but he will sign, stay out of White Sox business on any article, clothing, photo, card, whatever. Stay out of White Sox business. Perfect. And he'll do it with a smile. He's a happier guy these days. He'll do it with a smile. Uh, but thank you, Adrian. Uh, Adrian has some really good stuff for the story as well. Uh, a couple really stood out for me from um, Tommy, not playing favorites here, but it's just the, the goofiest stuff imaginable. Manager draft. Tommy Barbie, explain to me what the manager draft is going to be because I like it. And it may just be a good way to get all these terrible <laughs> candidates out of the way in one season. <laughs> so, you know, not to give away the second half where we get into the managerial uh, yeah. search, but I'm, I'm tired of the retread of White Sox internal candidates. So I was like, let's get rid of all of them now and have a manager draft where we'll just have a list of all the ambassadors that, you know, Jim Tomey, Ozzy, Scott Pitsetnik, Paulie, whoever have a draft and that Sox fest is that everybody gets to pick. And for each month, that man, that person gets to manage the White Sox. And then we can get all this stuff out of the way now. And we don't have to worry about, you know, which White Sox retread is going to manage the White Sox next year or for the next 10 years. We can get it all out of our systems now and everyone can go home happy. We can't really call it the College of Coaches because the White Sox are just too dumb for that. It's Plus, that's got cover yeah. stink on it. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, let's, let's just, Get him out of the way. And, you know, okay, Tommy, is it possible if, if one actually does what, I mean, could the guys, could the guys stick? I mean, is that a possibility or they just got to get flushed through? I I think it's good to have a steady rotation, but, you know, maybe that's someone that, you know, Rick Hahn can be like, Oh, maybe, maybe this will work. I I, will have to see if they, if they send Scotty pods packing, he can always uh, say, Hey, you know what? My career record of, um, 19 and eight as White Sox manager is like better than anyone in, in history. He'll always have that. You know, he, he, can, that to his he can get his jersey retired then. Yeah, you know, well, you know, he's already on the list. Okay, Tommy <laughs> Barbie, I also need to know about Drake LaRoche. Inspiration 
station. I just like the idea of making Adam Eaton cry. Tell me a little bit about the Inspiration Station. Uh, some anniversary is coming up. You know, it it I was feeling very nostalgic, obviously, when I when I wrote this. And I think that in addition to the fan-friendly nature of it, it's also an opportunity to develop future leaders. And when I think of future leaders, I think of Drake LaRoche. So I think here's an opportunity for all the fans out there. They can put their kids up on the stage and Adam Eaton is sitting in a chair and you get five minutes to inspire Adam Eaton to the point of crying. And if he cries, he sheds a single tear. You get an autographed bat and autographed scissors from Chris. <laughs> That's it. Or a knife. There's some debate. Or a knife. They could be. Not yeah. even a knife. So, you know, maybe two choice. I was trying to be kid-friendly, but, you know, yeah, okay, you can get right, a knife. Right. Safety fine. scissors. Autograph the safety scissors if you can spell your name, Chris. Um, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Jordan, seriously, now, please, for those not watching, or even if they are watching, you can't even possibly encapsulate what this is visually. But if you're not watching or listening, read all right, please give us a sensory experience of entering Rick Khan's mild ride. So, so you open the door and you walk into a room and there's nothing in there. It's, 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 you know, it's a, it's a nostalgia trick of, of Rick Khan's greatest moments. And you walk into a room and there's nothing there. Can I, can I, you know what? Rick but Hans, I must know, is there a seat at the table? No. No, no, there's not even a seat been. at the table there, this is where you learn there is a table there is no seat at the table this is where you learn that there's never been a seat at the table it's just it's it's all been a ruse the whole time and i don't i don't want to complicate the mild uh ride of course jordan but is it possible i can wedge some concessions into this like white bread like mayonnaise could could we just have a little bit you know no. going in for strength or coming out needing strength no you you go in okay. you you get disappointed Nothing. and you come no. out and you're even more disappointed you'll dream of you the bowl of mayonnaise stone. that should have been in there and then you go see steve stone at the block party <laughs> that's true yes and you tell him how much you didn't enjoy the ride <laughs> and he blocks you on twitter and uh you're banned from all future wow. best events. Wow. This is a thematic. This is just a whole, Jordan's got a whole wing. I mean, you know, we all basically have our own wings of this uh, socks of this fest, but entire wing uh, just to vote and connected it. it. That's a little bit like, uh, I don't know, I'd say fun house, not really a fun house, but um, okay. And then I also got to ask about um, outfielder tryouts because again, just like the sprinting, you know, listen, well, I've not been that long since I've had a glove on. Uh, what do I need to do to participate and succeed in outfielder tryouts, George? So outfielder tryouts is dependent on the fact that everyone, um, has hurt themselves, hurt their hamstrings running the race. Yeah. Um, so yeah. anyone who tries out, you just have, you have, there's, there's only four, uh, there's only, there's only four things you need to do. Uh, run into a wall, pull your hammy, sit on the bench. And play first base. Everyone who tries out gets to play a game in the outfield for the White Sox because you know that that someone in the outfield is going to get hurt. And everyone who who applies to you know to try out for the outfield will be guaranteed to play the outfield for the White Sox in the major leagues before Oscar Colas does. I like that's a good wrinkle. Like that's not going to happen anyway. That's a nice wrinkle. Um, 
That's a good caveat. Uh, Allie, I need to know about uh, your idea for um, the negotiation seminar. And I also need a little bit of clarification. Rickon is not leading the seminar. Is someone else or is this more like a group therapy thing where we're all sort of helping uh, Rick out to like, you know, maybe be bolder to to really get that seat at the table? How, how are you envisioning uh, what this uh, seminar is going to be? Yeah, so I'm envisioning this kind of like an intervention session. Um, <laughs> Rick Han doesn't, Rick Han thinks he's leading this session, but actually he's taking a seat at a table. Um, and so, you know, we'll have like a really great life coach, you know, pep talk person that is just going to teach us about really great negotiating tactics because the goal is we're never going to just try again. We're only going to do, we're only going to do the thing. And so I really want everyone to focus on, you know, learning these really great lessons of negotiating and really seeing the benefit of both sides. You know, you got to give a little to get a little back. Um, You know, I think it would be a great, and, you know, I think fans could take that to, their real lives as well. So I think it could be mutually beneficial. All right. This is, this is going to get awkward. So let's anticipate how this is going to play out. Allie, who is it? Is it, is it going to be you? Are you, are you drafting me to do it? Is it father socks of us? It needs to, as Rick walks in, he's going to see the setup and he's going to walk immediately to the stage of the podium. Someone's going to have to say, somebody's going to have to buttonhole him and say, no, Rick, you're, you're actually sitting in the circle here. Who do you say, or do you think he really would just drift to the circle because he doesn't really want to be on stage? No, so so actually, um, Rick Hahn has a seat at the table on the stage, okay. and the guy is on a podium, okay, you know, next to him. So, really, this guy is speaking directly to Rick. I see, okay, residuals, you know, in the session. I see, and we just get to why again. Is there going to be some? There's really, there can't yeah, there possibly so, be a QA, or I mean, that's yeah, I'm thinking you know, we'll, we'll kick it off. And then, um, then Rick Han joins the circle and we all practice our negotiating tactics with each other, you know, like team building activities, interview prep, negotiating prep, you know, we gotta, gotta get our feet wet before we actually go use these practices in the real world. Uh, Maliki, we I have, just, uh, I love ahead. the idea of Rick Han going into a negotiation, not realizing it's not a negotiation. Yeah. Cause I mean, that just, that works on so many levels. Really I does. just, I really enjoy that. It really does. <laughs> and next year we can do like a kid's table and an adult's table. Oh, there's, there's a there lot of sequels that well, we could do here. Uh, anything Malachi jumps out at you? You haven't been able to write anything uh, for us yet on this, uh, or anyone else, um, um, you know, popping up with ideas uh, uh, that sound, uh, you know, like any favorite, anything that the White Sox are really going to do one day? Yeah, you know, I had this kind of half-baked idea about recreating the garage sale, you know, where you have all the cool old memorabilia, except instead of just the price tag, you go up there and say, okay, I could give you $50 for this, or I could give you a 20 now, and if this jersey is still intact in five years, and if I wear it to the bar and make a lot of cool friends when I'm wearing it, I'll give you an extra $5 every mm. six months for the next six years. How's that mm. sound? That's, uh, I like I like this idea. They, um, um, yeah, they, and, 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 well, and, and, you know, that's, that's got a little bit of a Liam Hendricksy thing too, where he's getting paid like a dollar for the rest of his life or whatever, whether he pitches for the team in the fourth year or not. So, uh, so crafty, uh, you know what? And I, honestly, I think the part of that, um, newfangled garage sale needs to be the person taking the offer has to say, 
oh, clearly, uh, clearly, sir, that's the best offer I've received. That, that has to be part of this because let's face it, your offer was the best one. So, you know, it's only fair. Oh, man. I, I, I have one that we missed because okay. it is, I think it's the best option and probably the only one that could actually get put in at SoxFest is, is karaoke with Jason Benetti sponsored mm-hmm. by Nationwide. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I think that was one I actually was going to uh, suggest um, that we need to. Uh, man, man, well, I really hate that part of the broadcast. Anyhow, it's not just because it's, I have it's Steve the best Stone biased. Part of the broadcast. Oh God. Yeah. Well, I guess but, it, I, you're like this. Maybe it was the best part of the broadcast. But every every so often, Jason will get replaced in the karaoke with Len. No, no offense to Jason and his many many obligations here, but you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, so yeah, really, uh, everybody we also get to see Gordon Beckham get progressively more red face as he attempts to harmonize the nationwide jingle. Or... Uh, Gordon Beckham that. isn't allowed at Socks of this Fest, right? No, he is. Allie. He's just, just going to talk forever and like never know when to actually shut up. So that's well, is going to talk about loads. <laughs> yeah. He could have a hair care seminar. <laughs> Fair enough. Couple hunting a wild boar on his property. I know that one too. Um, all right. Any other things we may have uh, missed? I know we covered some. Not everything's covered, so please also read the. You've already read the article. Come on, you listen to the podcast while you're reading the article. You're probably rereading the article as you're still listening to the podcast because this podcast might never end. Uh, any other thoughts before we take a break and talk managers? Bring back socks fest. Yeah, come on, really, seriously. I mean, let's just end where we started. This is egregious error on the part of the White Sox. And I know this has been the theme and the trend. Let's hate on our fans. And it's real easy for us to say that. And we're whining and we're complaining. We're just looking for things to ding the White Sox on. Honestly, I think the opposite is the case. We would love to celebrate the White Sox. I'm sorry that they had a 93 win season with Tony La Russa as manager. So it was sort of like uh, a caveat left and caveat right. But it's not like we didn't enjoy the 93 win season. Uh, not like we would have enjoyed squeak, squeaking into the playoffs had they made the playoffs this year. Of course, it's always what if, what if, what if. But this seems like a no-brainer, White Sox. Uh, please reconsider for next year because this is just not a wise direction you're going. Well, I had written in my article, Brett, too, that I feel like Sox Fest is a very positive atmosphere, too. And so there's so much negative energy surrounding the the season and so that would have been a really great opportunity I feel for like fans to come together and kind of like forgive and forget and move forward and without this we just get to carry all this angst over into the next season um yeah yeah I know Rick Khan seems to believe we're all rooting for the rebuild to fail but who spends I don't know what what the, the the tickets are it's a lot of money who spends hundreds of dollars and then more money when you get there to go to a Sox Fest just to be angry. Those people exist, but no one wants to hang out with them. They're all in their own special little corner where they're just like right outside the bathroom door uh, being garrulous and, and spitting on the floor. 90% of the people probably plus are just celebrating the White Sox. Yes, there might be caveats and you might even feel a little guilty doing it, but you're there to celebrate the team. It's freezing. You're not outside where it's negative 80 wind chill. You're inside. Baseball's right around the corner. You're right, Melissa. It's a positive atmosphere, but eh. On the flip side of that too, like, I do think it could be a positive to show the front office and, you know, the players that show up that like, we haven't lost faith in these people. Like morale, I feel is really low. And I'm sure that the clubhouse and the front office feel that all of the fans hate them. And so by being able to go and show them like, 
hey, we still believe in you. We're still rooting for this team. Like that could be a morale boost for them as well. Not to overlook. I mean, there's a purpose to this behind just us, the fan. It's all for us, right? Let's face it. Probably we're just probably just the collateral damage of doing these things. But yeah, we still get something out of it, uh, for goodness sake. All right, well, let's take a break. Uh, podcast number one twenty seven is going to uh, take a pause, and we're going to spend a little bit of time, maybe a little bit, oh, maybe just as much as we just spent talking about the White Sox managerial search. Rumor is there was one, but we're going to dig into exactly what a managerial search means. When you're talking about the White Sox holding one, uh, and we're going to do that in just a minute. Please hang with us. Hey, breaking news, a new managerial candidate for the White Sox. Ah, oh, listen, I'll let somebody on my, on the round table here, uh, discuss it with you. But hey, this is the second half of Sox Abyss Fest podcast. It's podcast number 127 on the mothership. I'm Brett Palantini, costume slightly, didn't have the mask that he wanted to have. Uh, but hey, why is he talking about himself in third person? Simmer down, host. Uh, also slightly costumed, Melissa Sage, Bolenbach, uh, completely costumed, though not green, Allie Wessel, easily duped when it comes to managerial, uh, candidates and, and the rest and the rest. Uh, Tommy Barbie, not penguinine this year, but that's all right. There's still time. We got more Soxivist events to come, even if Halloween is going to be in the rear view mirror as of later tonight. Okay, well, um, <laughs> as promised, um, the anchor leg of this podcast is going to be, hey, why not? Let's talk about manager candidates for the Chicago White Sox. Goodness gracious, it does seem like this team is marching right off the gangplank toward embracing Ozzie Guillen for a second time. Um, and there are other candidates, uh, the one that fans, I think would be most interested in having as a White Sox manager, Joe Espada apparently is not a candidate. We don't really know if that's just because he's still involved in the world series, or he's just waiting to get the call from Houston when Dusty Baker retires after the Houston Astros win the world series, wink, wink, um, which actually hold, hold on. Breaking news might not happen. Um, but anyway, I guess he's not a candidate and, uh, Matt Quattraro, the sort of Espada equivalent. I think you could argue that they're, they're similar types of candidates, uh, has now signed on with the Kansas City Royals. Yes, indeed. White Sox fans, Southside Sox listeners, readers and viewers. The Kansas City Royals have beat the White Sox in a managerial hire, unless they wanted Ozzy all along. So <laughs> let me just <laughs> kick it to the field. <laughs> what are we going to do with this? Melissa H. Bellenbach, she uh, wrote our story, uh, yesterday. Um, uh, getting us up to um, task on where the manager thing is. I think Allie maybe did our first one. I don't know. Somebody did. Christina Allie maybe did. Um, it's just, a de- again, a, a depressing. It's a death march. Uh, so please uh, have someone please make me stop talking about the managers and rescue me about giving me some hope. Be garrulous, whatever. Or talk to me about um, these nuts, the new, the new, the new candidate. I, at this point, it seems like the managerial search is so, I I mean, we may have been searching for a manager. We may have just been searching for an excuse to hire somebody that we've had before is what it feels like a little bit. Like, I mean, with LaRusa, we had, we thankfully, I mean, we didn't have a visible search, but now that they've said we've had or someone said, I don't even know where the sources are at that have said that we had two interviews with Ozzy and, you know, you know, we didn't hear about anything about anyone else because they're not as big mouth as Ozzy, like Brett has said previously, but, um, 
it's it's just it's def- it's not deflating. It's just like it sucks because it's like you, we want this team to be good. Is Ozzy going to make this team better than Tony Larusa? Probably, maybe a little bit. Probably not more than Cairo did, to be honest. But and to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if for whatever reason Cairo got the job either. Maybe the the Ozzy thing is a, a play to distract us from the fact that hey, we're just going to keep at the bench. We're hiring the bench coach. <laughs> we're just hiring the bench coach. Uh, or instead of someone else's bench coach, which I mean, to be honest, I don't really know. I'm I'm baseball literate a little bit. I have no clue what the bench coaches do other than take over when the manager can't do it. So <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, I don't want Joe Girardi or Joe Madden, and thankfully there's no like incentive there or anything about that. Don Mattingly might have been okay, but like it's. It sucks to have a manager search after there was a manager search last mm-hmm. time that was probably even less mm-hmm. of a search. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can make the excuse that uh, at least this last time around, you know, uh, Jerry just put the hammer down and said, you know, no, it's going to be Tony to call this thing off. It's silly. They're doing exactly the same thing, said the same stuff leading up to this, actually had the search. We know there's a, probably a half dozen candidates have been interviewed a couple twice. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and yet <laughs> still a product. It's actually sort of worse than, than this Tony product. If it, if it really does end up at, at Ozzy, uh, other thoughts, please. I am in a camp of like, if we were just going to hire Ozzy or we were just going to hire Miguel Cairo, the White Sox would have popped out and announced it on a day where there was a lot going on in yeah. the MLB um like game like Friday game one of the world series or something like that um like Kansas City waited to for a day day off to announce their manager so I do think I have a little bit of hope still that it's someone within the Phillies and the Houston organization and they're just waiting for the world series to finish um because I think both of those hires whether it's Miguel or it's Ozzy like Rick Hahn would be a little embarrassed to make that announcement and he would want to bury that as deep as he could so that it got overlooked. Um, and there's been plenty of opportunity to do that in the last couple of weeks and they haven't. So the White Sox burying news is just, that's part of their mission statement. Whether it involves Han having any capability of embarrassment is, is another thing entirely, but no, those are salient points there, Allie, uh, uh, for sure. Uh, more thoughts on this, whatever this is. <laughs> I mean, I think the announcement just hasn't happened yet because they're still figuring out the rest of the coaching staff because you have a lot of holdover, weird staffing folks (laughs) that are from, you know, recent Sox history, some a little bit that have been in different variations and positions. I think there's a lot that needs to get figured out there before they feel comfortable announcing everything. But... so, so Tommy, let me interject. You're just saying yeah. Joey Cora hasn't called him back yet. No, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, boy, oh boy. Oh, it's so funny. You were but see, fun. this is yeah. this is why I don't understand bringing Ozzy back. Like it just feels one. I I think given the clusterfuck that is the White Sox organization, <laughs> no, no one thinks that hiring a manager is going to suddenly make the White Sox competent again, but to go through this exercise now, 
multiple times, not even three or four times, it's been more than that, and come to the same conclusions where it's like, you know what? I think this time around, Ozzy is going to make a difference because somehow it's going to click where it didn't click before. And it's not going to cause all the issues and turmoil within the front office. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous to think that that's even the case. Because, you know, all along, I really thought Rick Hahn only wanted a manager that was going to do the things that he wanted yeah. to do. And not have somebody like Tony LaRusso say, no, screw you. I'm just going to talk to Jerry because he's going to do what I want to do. I don't see how Ozzy solves that problem. Uh, let me interject this before other people get their manager thoughts out. Uh, if, if let's, let's play a game here. We like to do this. It's usually bonus round stuff, but let's do it smack in the middle. If, um, uh, if Ozzy's hired and it's not clear, there's not come clear story that where Jerry wakes up out of the, you know, out of the, out of the coffin, uh, and, and says, you know, hire Ozzy. Uh, is this proved that Rick Hahn is, he's checked out? He really, I mean, you can argue he's still, he's checked out already. He's just collecting a paycheck. Is this real proof? It's like, he doesn't even care. He's like, 100%. whatever, just pay me. Yeah. Oh yeah. There, there's no way. Like any <laughs> GM that actually has interest in their job wouldn't allow for such strong personalities to essentially do his job. The only thing that we've been able to reasonably assume is that rick hahn is responsible for all of these quote team friendly contracts that are looking less and less team friendly yeah that that's been his claim to fame yeah everything else has been a hybrid of kenny plus rick or the scouting or somebody else like the that has been the only calling card for rick hahn since he's come on board in the in the white Sox org Uh, okay, other thoughts on whatever this is, whatever we're talking about. I, I'm just confused as to why last year Han would come out and say, you know, I want somebody who's recent experience. I want someone who's a good communicator. I want someone who can blend old and new and then hire and then Lewis gets hired and then comes out again this year and like doubles down on it. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to hire Ozzy. Like, I just, it's confusing to me because you would think if Jerry had the say all along, like there would, there would be none of that mumbo jumbo then, because why even come out and say it to begin with? Mm -hmm. And then two, what has changed from last year when Ozzy gets the call, you're not being considered straight out of the gate to now this year, it's, it's just so much muck and confusion and maybe that's their strategy to just get us all so that we just don't know our head from our rear end so that whatever they announce we're like okay sounds good because the whole process is over and i don't have to think about it anymore yeah listen rick i I don't think rick does celebrate christmas but it's like rick a couple years ago ran down to see what's under the christmas tree he just got let himself get sucked into it and this year just by with the thing with ozzy's like you know, he had the illusion that he actually was going to do the managerial search. And maybe this year he's just like, this time around, he's like, I'm not going to say it, but whatever. Cause they might want to hire Ozzy. Well, you know, I'm not going to say he's not because whatever, you know. Uh, I, and he, I, I have a take on Rick clocking out because I don't think he's clocking out. I just think he's a coward hmm. uh, through and through. He's, he's the general manager of a, a major league fucking baseball team. And 
yeah, the owner has a little bit of say into things, but if you want to hire someone, it should be your imperative, regardless mm-hmm. of what is is what the uh, owner wants. If you get fired, you get fired for hiring a good manager, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, take the fucking chance, grow some balls, yeah. dude, and you- hire someone who's actually good. It's interesting you say that, following, yeah, yeah, Jordan, because uh, uh, last time around, uh, Lee Allen in particular was adamant that if Ken or uh, Rick, under these circumstances, if they really weren't on board with this, they should not still be in that job. They should leave that job. And when he wrote, I think he devoted an article to it. And when he wrote that article, most readers are like, oh, you know, that, you know, they had a lot of problem with that. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. That's silly. You wouldn't do that. But I mean, there's some foundation there. I don't know. I mean, there's no real in between here. You either got to, like you're saying, you got to, you got to man up on this or you're like, well, no, I don't care. I, I just like my job. And nobody's going to say that publicly. And I guess that is what he said two years ago publicly, you know, between the lines. It's yeah, I'm okay with this. I'm not going to leave over this. I like my job and he's got a right to it, but you're right. This, this time around again, after he said this same, literally the same mission statement twice before the managerial search begins. And if this same thing happens again, uh, yeah, what are you doing in the job? Come on. I mean, we know Ken's close to retirement. Rick's not close to retirement. Rick still thinks he's maybe going to get like a GM job somewhere else. So, uh, okay. But more further thoughts on where we stand in this thing. And that's the part that I don't get because Rick should have some conviction in all of this too, because this, like this whole foundation is around him wanting to build up this team from the core, tear everything down to the studs, Mm -hmm. start from scratch, build this up. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, he built this beautiful foundation and it's like, wow, all of the drawings and renderings look wonderful. When mm-hmm. is the house going to be finished? Mm-hmm. Well, aren't you impressed with the foundation? I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. Look at it. And it's like, that's great. But everybody else is ready to move into the house and you're still bragging about the foundation. And I don't understand between the manager, the transactions that have and haven't happened, why it has turned into Rick becoming so defensive for his own inaction. I mean, you know, to Jordan's point, like if he is really that committed to this, he should be a lot more either internally or externally, a lot more vocal about it. You know, Ken Williams, for all of his thoughts, faults, you knew exactly what Mm -hmm. he was trying to do year in and year out. Rick just doesn't seem to be committed in that same way. Yeah, ultimately, ultimately it does. At some point, it is going to speak to lack of courage, a conviction, as, as Jordan's getting at, because Ken Williams didn't want to rebuild. Most fans, I would argue, did not want to rebuild or didn't understand what a rebuild was. Jerry, we know, because Lord knows he's always like a day away from the grave, but he keeps on going and going and going and going, uh, did not want to rebuild. And, you know, who, I guess, who, who, who can blame anybody for wanting to push against that? He did this. He, he, you know, he turned major league talent into, Guys who are on the major league roster now, uh, initial stage of rebuild pretty good. Uh, and then at some point you're sort of bailing out. I mean, Tommy, I pushed back the, the house was built and then it, it did just get washed away. You do, you had to take a quick snapshot, but it's washed away and we're, we're back to sort of rebuilding or rehabbing or something. Uh, okay. More thoughts on again, whatever this is. I'm just trying to do my best to prepare myself for when the Aussie Gian announcement is made. Um, I, I like, this is a, around a month ago, we were kind of discussing, like, if someone were to return, you know, from 
the White Sox organization or someone who is previously affiliated with the White Sox organization were to take over, you know, who is the most likely person. And I, I said Aussie at that point, but I really didn't think it was going to happen. But I mean, it does seem like they're tiptoeing into this direction and yeah, not a whole lot to be excited about. Um, I mean, like just looking at his most recent year as White Sox manager was 2011. I mean, Juan Pierre, Alex Rios, and of course, Adam Dunn had horrendous seasons that year. They still got a lot of playing time. Um, and Pierre had the, I guess, most serviceable year out of those three, but mm-hmm. even he was batting lead off a lot of the time. I mean, he had a decent, you know, 279 batting average, but without a lot of walks and with no power. I mean, does that remind you of Ozzy at all? I mean, yeah. that's pretty, it's a very similar kind of hitter. The 2011 Juan Pierre was to Ozzy Guillen, and he didn't, of course, have the gold glove, you know, defense at shortstop. Um, Ozzy was also, you know, he got away with, um, with some tendencies that, would fly back in the 2000s but wouldn't really fly today like he would um pretty consistently have intentional walk and sacrifice bunt rates that were well above league average um almost every year that he was a manager of the White Sox um he's also been on record talking about how you know exit velocity is (laughs) overrated and it doesn't exactly scream like you know a progressive you know sort of manager who is you know um really values you know what's he should be valuing and is asking the right questions. So, I mean, I, I really like Ozzy on the post game show. He's really kind of, um, you know, gotten, you know, he, I, I, my opinion of him has grown like over the years w- watching him on the post game show. I mean, I really feel like he he's made some good points and he isn't very entertaining. He does that job very well, but I really do not want a second stint of him as White Sox manager. Joe is a researcher. So I think he is familiar that I was, somewhat intimate with that 2011 team and something i'll mention out of that intimacy because nobody else could possibly have observed this uh and it's worth bringing up here he left in about the most horrible way possible now obviously if he's going to get hired he he's must have rebuilt that bridge he's he's sweet talking he's doing whatever he needs to do uh, clearly jerry ronza would have forgiven him i suppose but speaking specifically what joe just said adam Dunn. And Alex Rios gaining like whatever, 800 plate appearances. There's guys like Diane Viziedo. Uh, they're not at that point, Alejandro Diaz. Uh, Brent Lillibridge was taking starts away from Adam Dunn at DH and first base. And, and Ozzy was slow to do all of that in part because he's like, it was some sort of weird, like jut your chin out, strange game of chicken. He's playing with Ken Williams. You're never going to win these battles with your boss ever and yet he was too stubborn to do that or even to tell his son to stop tweeting and it it makes me just wonder how in the world could the climate have changed obviously he's saying things like Luis Robert was hung over when he had vision issues on the post game entertaining as it is that can't be stuff the White Sox like to hear so how in the world is that big elephant in the room through two five-hour interviews or whatever it's been not be getting addressed or do you think it's getting addressed and Ozzy is mature matured i think there's two answers to this one rick Hahn doesn't watch the pre and post game show <laughs> um or two looping back to like has rick Hahn thrown in the towel like it's just rick Hahn throwing in the towel like this is what he has at his suspense and ozzy's willing to come back and like that's the solution but yeah go, uh, that was going to be my point too is like ozzy does not is not one to keep his mouth shut. And he definitely, I will agree with Joe that 
like I have grown to really like Ozzy on the pre and post game shows, but there are some nights where like my jaw is on the floor at some of the things that he is saying. Um, and he can get away with that because he's not managing. Um, so, and I mean, also like Tim Anderson has like tweeted at NBC Sports Chicago saying like, Ozzy needs to like shut up about lineups and things like that. So like Tim Anderson's go- you know, going to be in the clubhouse next year. Like that's an interesting dynamic too. If, if, you know, this does, yes, t- Tommy, I, I do see you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean like, but you know, what is the relationship he has with the, with the players in the clubhouse? Like that could be an interesting dynamic here coming up in, in a week. So. Don't forget his comments on Fidel Castro on a team with like four Cuban players on it. And it's, it's, uh, in, it's, that would be an interesting dynamic dependent on, you know, their, you know, the team's feeling their feelings on communism, yeah. but yeah, I think that, I know. think that stuff's easy to, to blow past. I mean, Ozzy just, he just doesn't stop and he says not to excuse him at all, but he, he says a lot of things that are easily uh, misinterpreted. And Tim Anderson, listen, Tim Anderson can bunk with, Tony Larusa, pretty sure he's going to be able to bunk with Ozzy, especially given that they played the the uh, the same position. But yeah, it would be a challenge, you know. <laughs> I suppose it would be a challenge. Uh, Malachi, what do we what do you got? Come on. And I said something to this effect in the Slack earlier, and it's just the fact that we're even having this conversation is so fucking sad, man. I I'm going to echo what a lot of y'all have said that he's great on the pre and post game show. I think he's entertaining as hell. I love watching him and listening to him, even if what he says is incredibly stupid a lot of the time, because <laughs> uh, I suspect he treats them a lot of the same way that I treat these podcasts sometimes, you know, but uh, <laughs> if you're catching my drift, but man, <laughs> reframe this conversation a little bit, like Ozzy Guillen was fired, sorry, resigned 10 years ago, 11 years ago, has been working in the studio as a media member for four or five years. What other organization this side of like maybe the Colorado Rockies or some other semi jokish franchise would even entertain having this kind of discussion, bringing him in for one interview, much less two. And let's even pretend that he's like a normal pre and post game show host, like your normal bland, you know, suit and tie white dude who's going to be palatable to you know people who get easily offended and stuff like that but you know it it reminds me of the kind of thing where you look at i would think about hearing how hawk harrelson became gm in the 1980s you know where he basically says hey i can do a better job here give me a shot he says okay here's the reins terrible idea you know you look at wikipedia from 100 years ago and bill vex senior gets into you know managing the cubs or being an executive for the cubs because he's a sports writer and basically tells uh william wrigley senior jr the fourth whoever the hell it was says you know i think i could do this better he says okay give it a shot you know and you think to yourself that's funny how does that happen like this is a you know multi-billion dollar industry there's no way they could just be that flippant with it and just kind of hand these jobs out because the guy wants to get up there and campaign for the job he blew 10 years ago and yet here here we are it's it's just kind of pathetic and it's hard i mean it's i'm it's fun to entertain the conversation because um you know all you can do is laugh at our own fandom at this point but man i mean I spent a lot of time talking to Yankees fans, and I've, I've been writing for um, Pinstripe Alley, the Yankees SB Nation site, too, lately. And uh, 
it just blows my mind the things that we as a fan base have been conditioned to put up with. That if you tried to pull that shit with any self-respecting group of baseball fans for 90% of the other teams in this league, they would absolutely revolt, you know? And I mean, I don't know what that means, but they wouldn't even try it because they would get laughed out of the building. And it's just par for the course for us. And it's, I mean, I hope it's going to be Kevin Long or someone like that, but just the fact that we're here is depressing. Well, there still are active vocal Cubs fans. So, I mean, you can do a lot to fans and and of course, entirely different angle and and definition there. Uh, Ozzy's first time around, they were hiring Cito Gasson. Cito Gasson was a choice. He came in after the parade, hung over from winning a World Series as third base coach in the Marlins, yelled at Ken Williams for not have, for this presumably not being a serious uh, interview and then get the job, yelled his way into getting the job. I imagine there was a little more than that, but I'm guessing the yelling part was actually somewhat of a, hey man, this guy's got fight. He's a grinder. I think we can do something like that. And it could. There's so much contradiction in there too. Sorry to interrupt, but it's like, we're going to go back to the Aussie ball shit and the grinder stuff and play the mm-hmm. game the right way. You know, the 2005 White Sox fucking led the league in home runs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the most home runs in team history. Mm-hmm. Aussie ball is a lie. They were terrible. We talked about this before. Every single year, it seemed like Aussie would come in and say, we're going to be better at bunting this year. We're going to be better at the fundamentals. We're going to play better defense. And you know what? It never happened. Never happened. I still have, you know, visions of Alexi Ramirez, you know, fouling back, sacrifice, but straight into the backstop four times in a row. You know, it's just, it's, it's not going to work. It barely worked the first time. It's not going to work again. Yeah. I mean, the sad thing too, um, I was thinking about this earlier, like when, when is the last time the White Sox, hired brought in signed the like absolute most qualified best available anything like it just it never happens that way and that's really kind of sad albert bell and that was just uh that was just a middle finger that was baseball exactly yeah 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 uh and that's that's i mean that's a half-assed answer that's just the first one that comes to mind and i'm i'm guessing a real one Ever? I mean, really? Uh, Albert Bell is probably as close as it's going to get. I mean, like manager-wise, what, like Al Lopez, maybe? Yeah. I mean, uh, this is, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, we you know, we can't. I mean, that's, uh, that we can't even expect that level. We we could average. I think we'd be like, oh my god, they they conducted this in an average way, in the most milk toast way possible, in the. Uh, in the uh, the mild ride of Rakan's way possible, we right at, man, we would break our arms patting each other on the back for that one. Uh, We'd have a parade. <laughs> oh, poor Rick! When he when he when he sticks his neck out, then even then people don't they don't understand him. Poor Rick. Um, all right, um, I'm sure we got more discussion going, but let's let's speed around it for a second because <laughs> why not? Um, and I'm going to start in at least my uh, upper left corner, and it's going to be Maliki. Uh, is it going to happen? Are they going to hire Ozzy Guillen? I think it would have happened already if they were going okay. to. So I'm my okay. guess says no. Okay. Thankfully. Oh my God, the hope, oh, hope. His tiny fan heart still hopes, has hope. Melissa, uh, is Ozzy Guillen going to be the next manager of the Chicago White Sox? I think he is. I. <laughs> I I just I just think he is. I don't know. I have this vibe going that um 
that he that he's coming back and and <laughs> I was the, the I was when they announced Tony I nostalgic True. person mm-hmm. I did say I'm gonna give him a chance mm-hmm. and so if it is I will I will be that Sox fan I mean do you have a choice we don't have a yeah. choice I yeah. will be the fan who who gives him another chance but then I also hope we take a deep dive and look into what's going on in this clubhouse um in terms of the fan uh, the the players and their um drive to play and some of the other issues that um I think maybe is equally as important maybe, as a manager. Yeah, maybe a discussion point we come to after we do our speed round, but I mean I, I would honestly think I'm <laughs> uh just before this podcast I think I was coming across as pretty pro Aussie and I I wasn't I wasn't trying to be, but I would think that that would be one area that actually wouldn't that be one thing Ozzy could do? I mean, he 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 manufactures a lot of controversy, but in in the end, I think he does a pretty good job. Maybe without being too much Grandpa um, uh, Renteria, uh, and of course not without being like Tony Larusa, who who just hates them all and is just happy he has an office and not a locker. Uh, Super Joseph Reeses, all right, it's, it's one to one so far. Um, Tony, next manager. I mean, sorry, God, horrifying flashback. Is Ozzy Guillen going to be the next manager? We've had the Tony. Hopefully not, but I would, I would say yes. <laughs> okay. His uniform number as a player, 13. I mean, I'm just helping you with the socks math prep and all that. Okay. Uh, you know, you're going to need a um, uh, 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 birth year on, uh, oh, I don't even know, 61, I think. Uh, okay. Uh, Allie Wessel, um, um, do you, do you feel a, a Ozzy wave, um, coming? Yeah, I mean, I said it earlier. I think they they would have. I'm with Malachi. I think they would have already announced it and buried it in in the news news. So no, I I, I personally, I'm still holding out hope that it will not be. I like Allie's faith that the White Sox like know how to manage news. I mean, believe me, they know how to dump news. That's true. But uh, boy, I I hope this is right. I'm I'm I'm. Trust me, I know where I want to vote, but I'm not sure where I'm going to vote. Okay, I still have two more people. Like yeah. we're we're gonna ride it till it's something's official. Yeah, exactly. You might as well as long as you got oxygen, keep breathing, Allie. Uh Jordan, um, all right. Mr. Isaac Guillen gonna be the next manager of the White Sox. If he does, which I am I'm 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 like on the fence about it. I think okay. I I am the, the middle ground of like Okay. Allie is right. We might have heard about it by now, but we also didn't hear about Tony until two days after the World Series last time. So I'm I'm a little a little skeptical there, but I'm I'm also hopeful that it's someone who's in the World Series at least, maybe long or whatever. But if he does become manager, I will I promise and I make this promise, I will become the most unhinged writer on this website because I vehemently do not want to see that happen. The nice part about that, Jordan, is you will have competition for that title, which is going to be an exciting run for us. Uh, okay, we have two votes, yes, two votes, no, and an um, and, and, and abstain. Uh, so this puts a lot of pressure potentially on Father Soxavis. So Father Soxavis, please tell me, Ozzie Guillen, next manager of the Chicago White Sox or not? I'm I'm going to say no, just because I can't make my brain process <laughs> him being like, yeah, not only did you like burn the bridge, <laughs> pour gasoline oh, on yeah. it, and then bombed it, but that's okay. Let's let bygones be bygones. <laughs> like I just I can't make that. I wasn't as closely involved with the 2011 team, but I know enough to know enough, and I just I I can't make my brain do that. 
I, I don't see it. Let's review for just a second. He announced he was becoming the manager of the Miami Marlins during a game he was managing for the Chicago White Sox. That is doing whatever to the bridge possible, but I think you, you sort of got it down there, Tommy. Okay, I hate to be the tying vote, and I'm not saying I want it to happen. And if Tony LaRusa hadn't happened a couple of years ago, I'd have a different answer. But I'm going to vote, yes, we are officially deadlocked on this podcast. We just don't know whether Ozzy Guillen is going to be the next manager of the White Sox. How about let's take it in a different direction? We're getting a little short, but let's, uh, Kevin Long's come up. Um, are there candidates beyond Kevin Long that are even out there to hire? And I understand the easy argument is anybody, any one of us. Oh, that's all purple. Realistically, who's out there, um, beyond Long, um, that, that, you know, that the White Sox could be holding out for? Is there anyone else? Not anyone you'd hold out for. I don't, I don't think there's anyone at this point that you, I, I feel like if they're waiting to announce Ozzy, they're waiting because they want to get another interview with someone who's in the world series, not okay. necessarily to say they're hired or whatever, or to hire them, but to say they, you know, had more conversations with some championship. Very level plausible. Coaching. Plausible. Yeah. But I'm also of the opinion that, all of the other coaches, all the other managers out there are on the same level as, as a, as a, like a, any of the actual people who have managed before are on the same kind of level as a Tony or an Aussie hire. I think, I don't, I don't think Girardi or Madden or maybe Mattingly would be better, but I don't think any of them would be any better than we've already had or, or we have with Cairo, I guess. Maybe I mean, maybe they play the whole season out with him. And that so is sort of the problem at this point is what I get at before this podcast is like, okay, now who, you know, who, who, I mean, uh, Kevin Long is, is getting a lot of, you know, yays and support, but I mean, there, there's not a long list of guys who are still, I mean, if, if we really are to believe Joe Spada is not going to be the manager of the White Sox for whatever reason, he doesn't like the White Sox. Don't blame me, Joe, or the White Sox don't like him. What are you doing? But it's expected. Uh, there, there isn't much. Now are, are you know, are there, are there other names that they could be holding out for? Do they have even a crazier curveball in store for us? Maybe they're waiting for the Yankees to fire Aaron Boone. <laughs> now, now I'm going to have to do some editing. I can't even possibly take that. I already just heard that that uh, Malik is writing for the Yankees, but God bless him. I love him so much. I'm going to endorse that. It's okay. Go Yankees. Uh, but no, we're not taking that. Oh, come on. Uh, okay. It, really? But is, is, is there someone? I'm starting to feel like people are maybe turning us down. Yeah. Like here sure. we are the last one of the last one still standing, <laughs> right? Are, are, are we actually interested in these people and these quality yeah. people? And we interview them and we get all excited and we make them an offer and they're like, peace out. No, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Like really? I mean, would you, I mean, yeah. I don't know. So <laughs> is there any buddy quality yeah. left? I, I I mean, there's still Ron Washington, and we had that whole conversation. I mean, he's still mm-hmm. out there um, as a possibility, but yeah. yeah. After all I these mean, interviews, Sandy Alomar keeps just texting me, told you. Keeps, yeah. Keeps texting me, I told you. I told you. <laughs> I mean, I really, all, all of the candidates are interviewing the White Sox as much as the White Sox yeah. are interviewing the candidates. Yeah. So, I mean, and that, that part is isn't a, going well. You know not. that part isn't going well. You know well. it's not. <laughs> Because they they sit there and it's probably Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, and Jerry in a room with Ozzy calling in every five minutes. And I'm sure, yeah, all right, well, 
I don't want to manage oh. this team. So thank you for wasting my time. They're taking fake phone calls yeah. from their wife. My wife's yeah, exactly. on the phone. Sorry, gotta go. Back imagine what the imagine what like the bench coach interviews are going to be if if Ozzy's a guy. Oh my god, uh, to be a fly on the wall. Uh, all right. Well, um, I guess to to a person here, Kevin Long is preferable to Ozzy. Is that all pretty much the case? Just because he's an actual legit candidate. I guess I just, I, I keep looping back to also like, no matter who we hire, it's not going to be the solution to the problems that this organization yeah. is facing. So like we can talk till we're blue in the face about potential yeah. candidates, rehiring Ozzy, whatever. But like deep down, I know that there are systemic issues within this organization that like are not going to be a quick fix by just hiring a new manager. Yeah. I mean, like Ozzy's at least colorful. Mm offensive and all that stuff but i mean he's colorful as long as yeah i mean as long as this as long as eventually the car is going to fly off of the roller coaster okay I mean, this is a really exciting roller coaster i guess um final thoughts if i if i've cut too many of you off i'm trying to figure out what our next what's our what's our next week father socks of us next week is i think we're getting into best and worst we're, games maybe yeah uh there's a lot to choose from Best, we started with best games and then we went to worst games. Maybe in a 500 season, we got to flip that. Well, we're going to next Socks of Us next week. Tune in. Same bat channel. Uh, it's going to be either best games of the year or worst games of the year, which is always entertaining. Uh, that means probably at least 10 of us are going to be picking those games. And right now, I'm probably already getting messages claiming games. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. What do you think? I'm, I, listen, I'm going to let Father make the call here we're gonna go best games or worst games next week oh we gotta go worst games okay worst come games. on <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna start we're gonna take the medicine first <laughs> by that time maybe the aftertaste of whoever the white Sox just hired as manager will have worn off and we can try to look toward 2023 with a smile uh it'll okay. look good in comparison oh yeah right uh thanks to Malachi. Uh Father Soxivus, of course, first and foremost. He's he's a sent he's the shadow host of this thing. Uh Jordan Haas, uh a witching character, definitely not a personality. Uh, Ali Wessel, uh Super Joseph Rhesus, boning up on Ozzy Guillen trivia so that he can crush it at Sox Fest, Soxmath Championship 2035 and Melissa Sage Bolenbach representing Jerry Manuel Woof Woof, the one guy from White Sox past who had some success, who seemingly is not getting interviewed, although who's to say? Hey, bench coach, bench coach. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and watching. Uh, listen, you suffered through this with us. Happy Socks of Us once again and happy uh, Socks of Us Fest. I uh, hope you enjoyed our um, play Socks Fest, White Sox. Do Socks Fest next year. What is wrong with you? Uh, and we'll be back in a week. Worst games of the 2022 season. Oh, I promise it'll be a delight and we'll probably go for an hour again. Thanks, everybody.